Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And today in the studio, have Mr. Mark Stevens with me. And we are going to be talking spices and particularly hundreds of recipes and spices from all over the world because we're cooking with spices today, right? That's right. Yeah. So do I get to call you Chef Mark now or? Maybe Cook Mark. Cook Mark. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, y'all, Mark just uh, is about to release his new book called Cooking with Spices. And I got to see a little preview digital copy. And there are some things in there that I like to think that I'm pretty adventurous and know a lot of stuff and have traveled the world. But there are a few things that... I was not familiar with. So uh, thanks for joining us, and let's talk some spices, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Mark, whenever you decided, did you just decide to write a spice cookbook, or how did this happen? I didn't. I It was a really interesting opportunity. Um, I cook Argentine barbecue a lot for friends, and spent a lot of time down there over the past couple of years and learning from the compatriots of Francis Malman and whatnot. And a friend of a friend who is a publisher uh, got wind of these shenanigans on my Instagram and just through social media and Facebook and stuff. And she became somewhat of an acquaintance. And she works for a really cool publishing company called Callisto Media. And they have a division of cookbooks called Rockridge Press. And they ping data on Amazon and other Barnes and Noble, other websites and stuff to see what people are looking for. And they discovered that there was all these sort of niche needs. And one of the needs was an approachable spice book for home cooks like me and uh, people who I uh, routinely uh, cook with that makes spices and flavors a lot less intimidating than they seem in some of these other spice encyclopedias when we don't. Uh, or when we aren't able to pronounce perhaps the name of a spice, we have a tendency to just leave it on the shelf. Or maybe if we don't know how it's used or think it's too exotic, it might not be something we're willing to play with or throw around. So the intention of the these pages is to make them more familiar and pair them with things that you might know, like salt and pepper. So do you think that people are... Looking for these spices because they see a chef use it on a TV show or it's on a menu at a restaurant, or are they, you know, on vacation and they're like, ooh, what's this? I can't read the language, or at an international market and they're just grabbing things and smelling it. How do you think people are starting to get interested in some of these things that are not of their their area? I think it's an amalgamation of factors, certainly shopping. Uh, I think, though, probably the most important factor is the proliferance of food shows and food porn pictures on Instagram that we all sort of spend probably too much time looking at. And uh, before many years ago, we got our food knowledge through and recipes even through magazine cutouts. Yeah. Yeah. Spice encyclopedias. I think I still have a folder of those magazine cutouts sitting in my house, and everything's probably online, but you know. (laughs) Super interestingly, so I went up to Vermont for about a week during the writing of this book 
to stay in a barn and just get away from internet and social media and anything, phone, cell phone. And the people I was staying with who are lovely and have contributed a couple of recipes to the book had that in this old barn house, a folder that was as thick as several computers put together of just old recipes. Some of them were illegible. That's how hard it was to read them. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> and they would, uh, you know, translate them for me for th- from these old Irish magazines or this and that from, from the 80s and 90s. And interestingly, that's sort of how we used to do it. Um, but in terms of why people are interested in it, I think enjoyment of our personal time now is less about things and material things and more about experiences and food has become almost in a European way so much so much more part of that. Absolutely. And you know, as a home cook and I know you're in the film business, I mean, how did you even approach this? Did you you're doing some traveling and you're finding things abroad or or, or did they give you a list and say write about these things you had to go out and figure out what spices would be of interest in this book. Yeah, they were super cool in terms of giving me a large rope. and But that was also very intimidating for me. And, and I think part of the interesting thing for the reader in this book is I'm on the journey too. and So I, they get to go on it with you. Yeah, and I, I've always found with some of these more heavy cookbooks, they're super dense because it feels like the writer and chef, who's maybe a professional chef, uh, already knows it and and should. And that leaves me feeling less than adequate in the kitchen. And however, on on this book, no, I had to go out and research every spice I could get my hands on and then make the decision whether they were easy enough to procure that it would make it worth the reader's knowledge to, to have the entry in the book. And so I submitted a list of probably 70 spices, and then we whittled that down to 50, which is what um, is in the book now, and then created 100 recipes, some of which are very common spice blends, um, which I brought today. Some are are more obscure, but um, the idea is that you can get to know the spice, you you can get it, and then you can use it. Well, so let's, let's talk about some of these spices that you have. So for my listeners out there, There's a whole array of little jars and bottles and things on the counter. We have not opened any of the lids. Um, There are a few lids that I know that we will not be opening. I I will not allow. It's kind of like uh, if you go to Thailand and you see the sign that says no durian allowed in the hotel. Um, That's how I feel about this one particular spice. But Little skull and crossbones. (laughs) It does get a bad rap. So let's talk about it. Um, well, this is asphatida. Some the pronunciation goes many different ways, and it is probably the most horrific smelling substance that you could put in front of your face. Yes, in and fact, I will say that I went to India, and uh, the one of the ladies at the spice market thought it would be funny to say, "Hey, why don't you smell this?" Um, as soon as I saw the bottle, y'all. Like the smell was in my head. Like I was like, it's already open. I can still, it's so vivid. But something changes when you use it and you cook with it. Yeah. So that's one of the cool things about the book too. In the first chapter, it tells you how to use them. And so one of my favorite party tricks is to have someone smell this and then just put it in a pan and dry roast it or toast it for 
a couple of minutes, maybe even a minute, and it develops into this woody, almost nutmeggy sensation. And it's amazing just the chemistry, how it can change that much with just a little bit of heat. Um, but it really does smell horrible. In fact, there's been studies that show it, it allows people to stop smoking if you <laughs> sprinkle it on the cigarette. Because <laughs> after such a deterrent. <laughs> yeah, after that, uh, you can't quite get it out of your head, as you mentioned. Um, there was one study that said that, so I found that interesting. Well, so if we if we were to get the spice, where would we get it, and what would we do with it? So you can besides party tricks. Yeah, so you can get it at the international market if you're here in New Orleans in Metairie. Uh, they have plenty. You can order it online, easy enough. And what you would do with it is you could put it in curries, or most Indian recipes can call for it. Some Middle Eastern recipes, you only need a pinch. A pinch. Just the tiniest of little amounts. So a little it bit gives a nice goes base a long layer. way. Yeah, totally. Well, what else we got up here? Um, we have some blends. We have uh, Piri Piri blend, which is uh, one of my favorites now because it almost got me arrested. Oh, uh, well, we need to hear that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no getting away from that, Mark. You got to tell us that story. Sorry. <laughs> I So when I went up to Vermont to write, I ended up doing a giant parisha for my host, and they invited all of their friends over, and they have an amazing furniture business up there called Shackleton Thomas, and they make furniture and do pottery for, like, the Clintons and heads of states and stuff. Anyway, I did a huge parisha up there and barbecued a whole chicken and a pineapple and all of this meat, of course, because it's Argentinian, and all day long, I was throwing this piri-piri blend on everything, just Fingers in onto the onto the barbecue. So the next day I was leaving out of this tiny airport in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and kudos to Lebanon, New Hampshire. The security is legit because I'm in line <laughs> to get on this eight-seater plane uh, with, again, seven other people, and all of a sudden they do the little hand test where they give you the little... The little swab. The little swab, and I'm thinking nothing of it. I'm first in line... They put my stuff through uh, through security, and I have my backpack, and of course, which is filled to the brim with spices wrapped in like my t-shirts, R- random and things, pants, and things because <laughs> they're in glass bottles. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the alarm in the entire airport goes off. You know, whoop, whoop, whoop. what was going through your head? <laughs> well, I started smelling myself, and I <laughs> realized I smelled like a chimney combined with a campfire combined with a Mexican spice market, and you could smell the chilies on my hands because piri-piri is a Portuguese, very hot West African combination sauce, a spice blend. And so I was like, this is, you know, obviously this is what caused the alarm. However, they don't know that. So then they escort me off to the side, but it's a tiny airport, so everything's right there. And everybody's staring and at everybody's you. everybody's staring at me. The guy. other seven people. It's not like there's 300 <laughs> people I could hide. It's just everybody. now everybody on the plane is going to know. And so they, you know, I, can we search your stuff? Do you have anything to hide? Of course not. No. Like, take it, take it. They take it. They put it on the table, and, and, and everybody's there looking at what's coming out of this thing. And they pull out, like, a couple of spice reference books, which I had. And everybody was, like, hoping it was something super exciting, and then they're like, oh. But this process, yes, and this process <laughs> is taking now 45 minutes. People have connections in Boston, and they're unwrapping a T-shirt, and they find horseradish, which is, like, pure white 
powder, <laughs> and then they pull out these grains of paradise, which I have here today, and then they pull out these unmarked labels, powders, and I'm just in shaking my head. And after each one, this guy looks at me with just the most judgment anybody's ever looked. I've had ex-girlfriends look at me with less judgment than this guy did. And finally he gets to this piri-piri one and they're testing each one and thing and each one's coming back fine. And then he comes over and he's just like, yo, dude, like what's going on? It's like, look, man, I just, I, I was cooking all day over three campfires and, you know, I had my hands all over it and that sauce there was just all over my hands and I tried to wash it off, but this stuff just stays. And so finally they clear me through and then they clear all the other people through. We're an hour late at this point and everybody was so cool with it. All the I, other I passengers. Ask, yeah. like, were they all staring at you when you got on the plane and then like gave you a round of applause or I, I were like, so, dude, but, what was this all about? Yeah, they... I think I have seven book sales and pre-orders because everybody's just like, what are you doing with all those spices and how can I be a part of it? Thankfully, nobody missed their connection or else I think it might have been another um, another story. But Well, what is in the Piri Piri blend? So there is cayenne, paprika, lemon peel, uh, Piri Piri peppers if you can find them, which I think you can at the international market and maybe the Hong Kong market and on the West Bank uh, there is ancho peppers. There is all kinds of goodies in there. And the mix is actually in the book, too. So if you guys want some yes, TSA, yes. not approved spice mix. And, and I'm looking at it and it says slightly tangy, fiery blend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't say almost got Mark arrested, but uh, <laughs> now you all know the rest of the story. Um, well, I'm looking at a few things here and, you know, some of them are very familiar. And then there are a couple of other things that... I think we've heard the word, but maybe people don't know what it looks like in its on-ground form versus its ground form and, you know, what to associate cooking it with. And I think one of those would be mace and uh, something that we may see in recipes, we may see in spice blends. And when I show someone, you know, what it looks like, uh, things are a little bit different already ground versus in their raw form. So talk about mace a little bit. So mace is a cool one. It's uh, If you're going to compare it, you could compare it to nutmeg because it's actually the same, the same plant. And if you've never seen it, it's super weird. I was in West Africa shooting Beasts of No Nation once, and we were in this jungle and I stumbled upon these really weird black nuts and they were covered with this brainy like aerial substance around them and it looked like an alien baby squid was attacking <laughs> this little nut and I, I picked him one up and uh, one of our consultants who was a former child soldier in the Sierra Leone and Liberian civil wars who was an absolute uh uh, absolute interesting person was explaining to me that that it was nutmeg and that the thing outside of it was another spice, but he could only tell me the name in, in his language. Uh, I realized later that that was the form of, of mace before mm -hmm. it's dried and ground. I had not known that before I'd, I'd used it. And uh, mace is sort of, the way I describe it in the book is like a, the side riff of, of maybe a, uh, a, a nutmeg guitar solo or something it is a little bit more earthy and it's really wonderful also used in smaller quantities but 
anytime you have nutmeg as, as an occasion for a little bit of mace as well. And I feel like it's one of those things, it's it's nice in a little apple pie. It's nice in a, um, you know, like a spice cake or uh, even like a chutney just to add that extra little flavor. But just like cinnamon and allspice and some of these others, it can go either direction, sweet or savory, if yeah. it's in the right mix. Totally. It's great in cheesecakes, ice cream as well. Um, it's it's part of that family, though, cloves, those southeastern Asia, uh, Southeast Asian spices that all sort of come from the Spice Islands, Maluka's. And... Are there any spices whenever you're working on the book that you're like, okay, this isn't going to make it in the book. It's just like too weird. Yeah, I I feel bad. I don't want to call them out. Um, <laughs> you don't want to call. You feel bad for the spice. <laughs> I do. Chicory was one, being a uh, New Orleanian, that I really wanted to get in there, but it just is not really even heard of or used anywhere else. And some, yeah, I would say it's a spice. Others would say it's the root of a vegetable. <laughs> It's not my flavor, uh, but I wanted to give it. Well, don't to give tell it that honor. to Sanka, the original <laughs> <laughs> chicory blend. Um, yeah, I mean that that was the big one that we that I couldn't get in there. There was a couple more obscure ones that their names escaped me, but um, we did get some odd ones in there. I got sassafras in there, even though it's not really used anymore. I I have a nostalgia of it because I used to watch cowboy movies and see them drink sarsaparilla and stuff. And the big one is I got salt in. Yeah, they didn't because it's a spice book, and, sp and salt is obviously a mineral. They were wavering, and I, I had to give up. I think coffee to oh. get to get salt in, but we we got it in. And it's great. Well, so let's talk salt because you could do a whole nother book just on salt. I would love to do a book if, on salt. It's so good. And you know, I tell people, I'm like, okay, use your buy your unsalted butter, but use your little fancy salts to salt it. Because your unsalted butter is going to last on the shelf longer. It's not preserved. It doesn't have all that preservative of salt in it. And you can manage your salt content in your dish. But there is nothing better than salty butter on bread. So the sky is the limit on how much salt, like the variety, the colors, the flavors, and the blends that are out there. It's an incredible... Uh, flavor that we have to add uh, not only to the flavor of a dish, but dish, but the, the hardiness and the, the the profile in which it brings out other spices. I was just in Bolivia at the Salt Flats, which is one of the biggest salt flats in the world. And so, the nice thing about salt is there's no shortage of it. I can I can promise you that. <laughs> well, I brought you a little gift uh, today. This is my salt. Uh, some uh, the the team at Lingua smoke salt. Um, my husband and I actually hand chopped down the pecan and oak trees and uh, used that to smoke the salt. I had a batch that I ran last night that didn't come out as delicious as I wanted. I did it over lemongrass, but the, the aroma was a little too subtle and a little too, it almost tasted a little dirty. Um, it, it, it wasn't great. So I think I did it a little too high a heat. But there's something about infusing flavor in salt that really kind of can step a dish up. Uh, I find smoked salt is what I use for that. I can't believe it doesn't have bacon flavor when you're cooking for a vegetarian and you they want greens and you can't put a ham hock in it. <laughs> smoked salt can do that. Are you more a um, like a sea salt guy, a kosher salt guy, uh, 
you know, a flake salt. I get on the, the Himalaya sea salt train mm-hmm. because of the color. I, I am the the pink is is wonderful. I love smoke salts, and this uh, I got to tell you guys is one of the best things I've ever smelled in Yay. my entire life. It should be uh, cologne or perfume. Um, a little telling, dab. Yeah, <laughs> I was telling Chef Amy earlier. So if you guys can get your hands on some, I highly recommend it. I, I love smoke salts. I, I brought some too. It's nowhere near as good as this one. The You do have to watch out for artificial liquid smoke flavors. So if you guys go to the store, order one online, don't do that because it tastes artificial, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I love smoke salts. Also for the parisha where... Uh, everything is smoke flavored on the grill. Smoke salt just gives it that extra extra boost. So you you tugged my heartstrings with this Yay. one. Yay! It was a surprise for him. And Mark's like, "Ooh, what's this?" I'm like, "No, you can't have this yet. You have to wait." So he got to see it before we came in the studio today. Um, another thing that I see here on the table, and we you know we have a little bit of time left, and this is something that. Um, people may not be familiar with or know what to do with, and that's nigella seeds. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about nigella seeds. One of the reasons they might not know is because it has like six different names. It is one of the secret agents of the spice world in that way. It can sneak in and out. And I got a recipe by a friend of mine named Salman, who I just visited in Tunisia. And in his recipe, it called for black onion seeds what are black onion seeds? And he's like, you know, black cumin. I'm like, what's black cumin? He's like, what well, was down the list? And so finally I was like, do you mean Nigella? And so one of the, that along with sumac in the book, I think are two of the big stars for people just getting introduced with spices because Nigella can be so many different things. It's oniony, it's earthy, it guys a sesame seed sort of feel. In fact, one of the recipes in the book uh, can substitute either depending on, on how you like it. And it's a very particular flavor. I think probably some people will reject it immediately, and some people will say, oh, my God, how was that never in my life before? And so that's one of the, the cooler ones and one of the discoveries that also I made while, while writing is, is all of the uses. It's not the easiest to find in cities that don't have a metropolitan center like New Orleans. I was in Pensacola recently and searched far and wide for them and couldn't find them. However, they are readily available online or at the international market, which is where I often find myself when I go to Mary. What I like about the book is you can kind of look up all these different spices and you have it arranged in, in chapters that really um, you know, help you understand where the spices originated. But you have kind of like... I don't want to say the cliff notes because it's a different book, but um, like these little notes that help you figure out how to pair the spices with food so that if maybe as a hostess gift, someone gives you a container of nigella seeds and you're like, all right, what do I do with this? Then you can kind of see what other flavors pair well with it. So it kind of gives you a little confidence that you're going to find the right match, right? Totally. And the book is also about innovation I, I cook from my mother and grandmother's Italian sensibilities where measurements are negotiable, right? You know, there's <laughs> not a teaspoon is an amount that you put in your hand and you know half of it ends up on the floor, half of it maybe end up under the stove. And so many cookbooks are to the molecule 
this is how it has to be. And so these pairings are in there and there's all kinds of different charts from proteins to vegetables to other spices and then herbs, which a lot of folks misdiagnose uh, or miscategorize uh, in terms of what goes with what so that you can innovate in terms of when we were speaking earlier of cutting out magazine recipes back in the day and then riffing off those uh, I feel like this book can help anybody start with a, the thing and then you have the flavors that you like. And if any of those are in the pairing section, you can add, subtract, play around. And that's why most of the recipes are for sauces and blends and things that you can put on any sort of protein or vegetables or eggplant if you're vegan. It's very easy to modify. So that's the idea. Well, so Mark, as we're kind of closing out today... Let's tell people where they can get it because pre-order is where it's at. Um, the book is coming out November 7th, but it's on Amazon. And um, I can tell you all I got a little preview electronic copy. I can't wait to hold the real book in my hand and like be able to touch the pages and spill stuff in between the sheets so I know which one is the right recipe. <laughs> but um, tell them where they can get it. And um also, it's really affordable, especially if you pre-order. And I think in a world where cookbooks can uh, get kind of be an expensive investment, this is one that's, I think, going to be great for holiday gift giving. Yeah, 100%. It's on Amazon right now. If you type in Cooking with Spices, it's the first one that comes up. It's by Mark Stevens, myself. <laughs> and so first one in books, pre-order it is the best thing you can do right now. I think it's, what does it say there? It's $12.31. Oh, cut down from 20 bucks. So get your pre-order in. It makes a great gift. There's 100 recipes in there. There's 50 spice entries. You can learn all about it. And if you want a signed copy, I live in New Orleans. Very easy well, to do. That was my next question. <laughs> Mark, are you going to be doing some book signings here in town so that if people buy a whole bunch or want to buy from their local bookstore uh, for the holidays, you're going to do some signings? Absolutely. I'll have a book release party at some point and um, just see what bookstores want to want to carry it. And then we'll go from there. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, Mark, thank you so much. This was super fun uh, for you all out there. Tons of interesting spices. Uh, hit the markets. Look at the things you can't pronounce and then uh, grab Mark's book and uh, get a little reference. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.